0: Hello and welcome to episode two of Screen 17 podcast with myself, Ray Hogg, Ed Bolton and Rob Mullen and uh, how are you guys, how are things going, long time no chat.
1: Good, yeah, how are you guys? I shortened Ed's name every
0: time, (laughs) so it was Edward first, now it's Eddie and now it's Ed. It's just going to be E. Bolton.
2: (laughs) Ed, Ed, Ed. Eddie, the the man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're taking over episode two, is going to be uh, part two of this Batman Isolation Challenge uh, kind of questionnaire. So I don't know, Eddie, if you want to jog the memories of people who might not have heard us last time.
1: Uh yeah, so we're we are doing a second part now of thirty one questions, um, which is all related to, uh, your favorite Batman items, characters, um, episodes, etc., etc. So Mm -hmm. er everything we could um consider, uh, for our love for Batman, that's kind of where we're going with this. So um, so we can just have them all in one nice, neat little package. And uh,
0: and uh i thought this was a very inclusive community but it turns out from some of my answers last week that if you choose certain genres of batman you will be ostracized
2: <laughs> it wasn't genres it was the same show for every
1: answer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: people just need to give it a chance
1: well let's let's see how many times is i think we did we need to start doing a drinking game for every time Gotham's brought up gotham bingo yeah
2: <laughs> i think that, that needs to be a separate podcast altogether
0: God, it probably God does deserve hurt. its own podcast. So there's some minor appreciation, but mainly dogpiling on it. Um, cool. Well, without well, further delay, we'll start off with question 11. Um, I think last week we went kind of, I say clockwise, both clockwise on my screen, but now it's going to be clockwise in a different way. So it's going to be Rob, Eddie, myself. Um, so question 11.
2: Well, oh, this is great. Because some of these oh, questions, I think there's going to be a lot of <laughs> unanimous answers. Yeah, you I see, Eddie got first. in
0: last, last time, and yeah. we all had to kind of just agree with him. <laughs> um, I get the send original.
1: No, you will not have to agree with me anyway. You'll just have to change your answer after you've said it.
0: Yeah, that's true. There was a little bit of last minute kind of, I need need more content here. Um, cool. So number 11,
2: Rob, favorite Batman voice actor? Well, who else could it possibly be, to be honest? It has to be know. Kevin Conroy. Cool. Yep, um, <laughs> he is the one and only he has the uh, idyllic Batman and Bruce Wayne voice um, he doesn't have the crazy guttural Christian Bale going on but he still has a unique difference mm-hmm. between this Batman and his Bruce Wayne voice he sounds sort of debonair as Bruce Wayne the sort of coming lucky guy um, yeah he's good, he's, he even sounds intimidating as Batman without it being just this harsh kind of in the back of the throat scream thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just what a great voice actor.
0: Yeah. I think uh, like with, with Kevin Conroy. I mean, my only comment I had on it here was it's who you think of when you think of Batman in animated form, it, that is the voice that most people I would say have in their head, whether it's, you were a watcher of the animated series or did you, um, only got introduced in justice league, or even if you watch Superman, like the animated series, like that was the voice you heard. Or if you're exclusively like a gamer from the Arkham games, um, that just is Batman
2: yeah like that's a good way to put it I, I'm trying to think back now to which did I see first, did I see the cartoon first or did I see Batman 89 and I feel like I might have seen some of the cartoon before I ever saw the movie oh, really? Um, given I was two years old when the movie came out so probably a little while before my parents let me see it um, probably yeah. you ought not be one okay You're the, only the one. movie no well, what month Maybe. did it come out? May, May. Okay, yeah. So
1: one and a half. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Mm. Yeah, what about I... you,
2: Eddie?
1: <laughs> is is going to be unanimous across the board here? Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 Kevin Conroy because um, that's who you know, just people of our generation, especially we grew up with, nearly him as our Batman. Never mind uh, live action. It was just mm-hmm. this guy is the voice of Batman, and um, I remember. Um, when the Dark Knight was coming out, they brought out um a like a in between uh, animated film. So it was like set between the events of Batman Begins and Dark Knight. It's very loosely set between. Yeah, not them. the Gotham Night thing. Gotham Nights, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, it's like Animatrix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think some of the same artists um worked on it, cool. um, and Kevin Conroy was brought back as batman which was a big deal at the time and i remember going oh i remember reading of, of it because i was you know so such a massive fan of batman begins was dying for the dark night mm-hmm. and um i was so i was keeping tabs on it and i you know heard the name kevin conroy and at this point my fandom for batman was very much lapsed um, and when i was just getting back into it after batman begins came out and i went kevin conroy kevin conroy Oh, he was in the show I used to watch as a kid. Amazing. Mm. And then I was like, that show was incredible. I need to go back and watch this show. And then I realized that everyone thought the same thing, that this show is just one of the best animated shows of all time. And a massive Mm. reason for its success is Kevin Conroy's voice. Um, I will say, you know, when you're reading, actually another point on that is when you're reading a comic book, the voice you hear in your head, for me anyway, is Kevin Conroy.
2: That's
0: that's so true. Cause I I remember you've you've lent me a couple of kind of graphic novels over the years and when I'm reading anything, it's just Kevin Conroy's voice. And any scene that has like other kind of I won't I won't give spoil any the answers to the other question, but other characters that flop or appear up during the comic, it's either going to be one person's voice or another person's voice and you always associate. And I think that's a great way of actually pinpointing who you identify as your like characters like whose voice are you giving to this character like which person who portrayed this are you giving that voice to mm-hmm.
2: like
1: and i'll give you a do, quick uh, sorry go on
2: i do wonder like for us especially having grown up at that time just being kids when the cartoon came out is it almost like a star wars prequel kind of thing you know you hear kids who were really young when the prequels came out and they identify heavily with them as the best star wars movies i do wonder if like would we identify with someone else more if we were say younger now probably
0: Uh, yeah maybe i mean i suppose yeah that that's a a difficult question to ask rather than like like i know some people like will always say oh adam west is batman just he is batman and everyone else is kind of like everyone else is fine but adam west is batman i suppose it is a generational thing
1: especially when he was he was doing the voice in the you know the the was it Hanna-Barbera that did some of the animated?
0: Yeah, they did like the Scooby-Doo Batman crossovers.
1: Yeah, and Adam West would always do the voice for Batman. Um, mm. But uh, I wanted also, you know, answer is Kevin Conroy for me and for Rob, obviously. But the I want to give a shout out to um, Bruce Greenwood, who is my would be my second favorite. Okay. Um, who is the voice of Batman in Batman Under the Red Hood. And, Choice. And he's also the voice of Batman in the... Young Justice animated series as well. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um I, I I, I didn't know at the time when I was watching it that it was Bruce Greenwood, and I looked up the voice because I was like, this guy has brought something new to Batman, which is rare. It's not just... Um, every, everyone who's done it has, has done a, a good mm. job, but he, there was something different and unique about his take. Um, so, yeah, he'd be... He'd, it's not a close second because there's you can't yeah. get close to... Cameron.
0: yeah i i actually have myself myself i have a, a honorable mention like it it's it's like there's a runaway winner but like yeah, i still have to give a shout out to one other person uh my honorable mention for this like obviously my number one answer is kevin conroy as well there's, there's no competition is uh jason omara only because of the run that he's done on the current uh dc animated universe movies um, on the Irish. yeah pretty much just champion the Irish. um but i think he he also like he's you don't see him very often as Bruce Wayne in it. So I, I guess that's kind of where it falls down. He is generally just Batman. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of scenes where he is Bruce Wayne, but he gives a very kind of stern kind of father figure because obviously Damien Wayne's in it and he has to kind of be a little bit of a cold-hearted son of a uh, Tim. Um, but yeah, no, just a quick shout out for Jason Mara. I think he deserves one. Do you, do you have any uh, honorable mention, Rob?
2: Uh, No, I haven't seen as much Batman Brave and the Bold or any other animated series as much as you guys, Um, so limited exposure. So the next best probably would be Ed's suggestion of Greenwood 2. It was a good point, it's just thinking back, it's been a while since I saw The Red Hood, but I do remember seeing it for the first Mm -hmm. time and not being jarred by the voice, which I think is usually a good sign of going, hey, that's not Kevin Conroy. Um it was unique and not just a poor imitation. He
1: mm. did his own voice. Cool. And Diedrich sure. Bader, um so you mentioned Batman Brave and the Wall, Diedrich Bader is fantastic in as Batman. Um he I think he brings like an old school kind of tongue in cheek um, he's got a kind of, a, of like
0: quick do the Batmobile. Like that yeah.
1: kind of jokey it- yeah, it's like it's it's like the '60s. It's like a '60s voice in in modern day, mm-hmm. um, um, and he's also the voice of Batman in the Harley Quinn uh, show. At
0: the moment. He is, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: So, yeah, he's he's great as well. It's very different, but um, he's yeah, he's brilliant. He's very funny.
0: Cool, uh, Grant. Sure, we'll move on to the next question, number twelve. This uh, it could be could be just a unanimous, but we will see what way it goes. Favorite Batman cartoon series? Now, I was kind of thinking, is this mainline Batman or any cartoon series that ties into Batman?
2: Should we all just say that our answer on three?
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: three, two, one. Batman. Batman, yeah, I Brave
1: and the Bold. Oh, any <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll kick it off at Rob again. Go
2: on. for what? what of course, it's the animated series. Yeah. Um, as I said it alluded to earlier, I was just so young when I came out, and mm. I could easily identify to it as just this amazing comic, or say comic, cartoon. Um, I still remember watching cartoons early on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, being a kid. And that was one that was always on, always great. There's still, it'll come in up in other answers, still episodes that stick with me today, um, that sort of affect your psyche almost, in terms yeah. of how you see media. Um, it's just great. Everything's great. Like obviously there's some, maybe some issues with the animation and drawing these days, a bit of backgrounds that are blurred and things, but they did so much with a simple style. That sort of, like, it's very hard to place the year it's set in. It's this sort of, oh, futuristic Americana. Um it's great. You know, it's timeless for that reason. Yeah. Hmm. Eddie, yourself?
1: Yeah. It. I mean, not everything Rob said is true. Um, it's there's so many classic episodes there's you know they and they they celebrated all aspects of batman as well you know they brought in adam west for an episode he was the gray ghost wasn't he the gray ghost yeah Yeah. um they weren't afraid to do a funny episode here or there they were also Mm. not afraid to show the serious side of batman and um and have a darker edge, and you know the fact that they even, you know, the original, uh, few first few seasons, um, well, first the first season is like a hundred episodes, but the first, um, you know, the first fifty there really 60, that many in the first season? Yeah, it's ridiculous. What? Um, yeah, and then there's right. like then yeah. there's like fifteen in season two. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh my god. It's only three seasons, isn't it? But it feels like there's so many.
1: I think, I think there's like, like two... There's two seasons of Batman the Animated Series and then there's two seasons of the new Batman Adventures.
2: That's the one um, with Robin
0: in it.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, but like they originally drew on black paper so that I then would fill in the light itself. Yeah. Which, you know, when you look at it, it just... It's it's something different. It's something um, I don't think anyone's ever seen before.
2: Didn't that... Um, like, that's a good point. Like, Sorry, Ray. That's gone? a good point just with the light. Like that opening almost cinematic run at the start of the cartoon with the light and the bat signal shining is just brilliant. Mm. You know, and that, like, that theme music as well, just, it it all blends in so well. Uh, Sorry, what
0: were you going to say, Ray? No, I was just saying, um, I I remember watching a documentary on, uh, like, the making of that show, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think with them drawing on black paper, it led to a completely rev- revolutionary method of TV broadcast. Cause they had to come up with new color gradients for, uh, uh, cause it was so black. Like it was like the blackest thing they had on TV. They had to come up with a new way of broadcasting this color. And I don't know the technical aspects. I'm not even going to pretend like I know what, it, what was involved, but it, it revolutionized the way the broadcast television could broadcast certain colors. And I guess kind of increased fidelity in, in animation going forward. Cause now they could use this darker spectrum um, for animated shows. But uh, yeah, I mean, my my one obviously is the Batman the Animated Series. I mean, I, I wouldn't have seen as much of it as I would say possibly Eddie has seen, because I think Eddie's probably
2: the only one of us who's watched a whole lot of it. Oh, I've totally seen a whole lot of it. Have you seen a whole lot as well? It's, uh, I have, it's been I have. a few years since I rewatched it, but uh, no, I like, yeah. yes, I
1: used to religiously sure. watch it. Yeah, I'm currently on a rewatch as well. <laughs> oh, really? Mm.
2: The the
0: weird thing is, it's like I've I've seen a lot of it, but I've never watched it um, in any kind of chronological order. Um, like it was always on TV when I was a kid. Like I said, you know, sometimes it was on when you come home from school. It was on TV. You might catch an, a, an episode here and there, but it was never like syndicated. Like, yeah, these are the continuing adventures. Um, and like even for the longest time, I didn't even know it was kind of quote a spin-off of the Burton Batman, which it is in everything but you know continuity like it is just the same universe but um i guess was their kind of interpretation of a universe that was kind of similar
2: yeah um it's interesting like there is that sort of quasi continuity between the two stylistically as well and they borrow the same music um i guess it was a nice way for them to market the show as well to kids and Mm. you know get them like this is related to that movie you saw mm-hmm. um i do want to have a shout out to something i loved as a kid which is uh batman beyond oh yeah um i thought that like when i was much younger and less exposure to the comics and the sort of general story and mythos of batman but the idea of them like jumping ahead really far in time um, to this sort of younger person who just decides to become batman and gets mentored by him and um, was cool. And there's some amazing episodes in that. And obviously it's still voiced by Kevin Conroy too. Mm, there was yeah. a great episode there um, that is reminiscent of, is it Five Lights in Star Trek Next Generation? There are five lights yeah. or four lights. Um, <laughs> there's a similar thing to that. Is it Scarecrow or whoever it is that using Scare Toxin? And Batman, well, Bruce Wayne starts hearing voices. Okay. And it's like, oh, how did you know the voices weren't real? They kept calling me Bruce Wayne that's not what I call myself. (laughs) All right. I just love that. It's like this really old man still in his head calling himself Batman.
0: The funny thing is about Batman Beyond is, um, I know we're kind of going off on intention here, is I really didn't like that show when it first aired. I thought it was just like, oh my God, they can't come up with a great idea for Batman. So they've just done this whole pseudo early 2000s, rocky, edgy, but like kind of what, like I was very close minded with animation like that when I was younger. Like same thing that happened with X-Men Evolution. I just didn't like the animation style. I was like, oh, this is such a catch grab oh, I'm such a moron. But like then once you actually go back with like not such a dimwitted view on it, you learn to appreciate it. And like I said, there are some, unusual elements like they have a bad guy who obviously was earmarked to be played by fucking crystal Walken, and they obviously couldn't get him so the guy just does his best crystal Walken impression. <laughs> i'm the scarecrow
1: well we watched um we watched return of the joker recently enough yeah unfortunately it was the um the edited the pg version instead. we were both really really confused by that yeah i don't think i'd ever seen it before
0: do you know the difference with the ending on this rob
2: no, what happens?
1: Um, right. Spoilers. So, spoiler Spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Fast forwards. About whatever. Two minutes. minutes.
0: Um, so, um, in the, in the version me and Eddie have both seen, is uh, Tim Drake was kidnapped as a kid, brainwashed, and he's kind of breaking down psychologically. And the Joker's like telling him to kill Batman. And he just turns around and he turns the gun on the Joker and basically shoots a harpoon through the Joker's chest. And the Joker goes, that's not funny, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, So we're both watching this version and Eddie kind of goes, hmm, I always thought the blood on the staircase was red. Why is it purple? And he was just kind of going, oh, God, the (laughs) theatrical version. And then the scene where robin is supposed to or tim is supposed to shoot the joker to the thing he just holds the gun up and the joker just backs away and slips <laughs> and <laughs> like i don't know breaks his neck when he drops or something
1: no the oh, he, the there's water on the ground and uh doesn't a pipe break and electricity hits the water and then you don't even see the joker being electrocuted it cuts away and they're all like oh my god he's dead and we yeah. were about like going
0: what? it's like what the what? hell yes.
2: <laughs> i love when you're watching something like that and it makes you question your sanity it's like <laughs> i haven't seen this in years but didn't it happen differently
0: <laughs> yeah well what's that the, uh the mandela effect <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm pretty sure has happened a different way <laughs> um cool sure we'll move on to the next question just get to kind of keep things flowing uh number 13 favorite joker voice actor again um are we? This is just pretty unanimous. Three, two, one, one.
2: Mark Hamill. Um, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Um, for me, yeah, it's just a mate. Like I didn't know that was Mark Hamill when I was a kid. No. I had no idea. And then years later, when I was a slightly older kid, it's like, wait, that's Luke Skywalker. Like obviously now you can really hear yeah. the twang of his voice, but um, it's just it's something else entirely. Like I remember. Him on an interview explaining how he did the voice, like he would drive to the studio and he'd have to sing the whole way, just to warm up his voice, really? like be singing all these songs just so he could get prepared for the laugh. He said that's one of the hardest things is you're doing these interviews and people are like, oh, dude, do the laugh, do the laugh. It's like no, that, that takes like so much preparation of my voice. Yeah, it's, so it's like it's like
0: going into like a powerlifting or something without like warming up first or like yeah. doing a sprint
2: without like stretching your calves. It's exactly. like no, I'll kill myself. <laughs> Brilliant! Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's truly iconic. Uh, the one and only use of that word we get. Yeah, um, <laughs> one, one, one for a podcast. Rob used it. One for a podcast used it. <laughs> Stick it on the board. Um, um, what more can yeah, I say?
0: Yeah, I mean, like uh, I, I assume you're up in that camp as well, Ed.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's Mark now. Yeah. Um, again, there'd be there'd be another shout out um, from uh, under the red hood. Uh, mm. with John DiMaggio who played the Joker in that. I thought again he brought something different. Um, but it was still the Joker, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's Mark Hamill. Um, and it's funny to think that he wasn't originally going to be the Joker, it was originally going to be Tim Curry. Um,
0: yeah, and there, there is actually did did he get sick or something,
1: something? Did he? Uh, no, they just didn't think it was working. Um, okay. there is, I can't find the actual episode. Um, but there is one scene in it, in the animated series, where I think they're in an amusement park, a abandoned amusement park, as, you mm. know, as the Joker's want, um, and one of them is going into like it's the tunnel of love or something, and you are the, the House of Horrors. I can't remember which, and you can hear Tim Curry's Joker laugh in that one really? clip. Yeah, oh, wow. that's I'll send, good it, on I'll send mean, it on to you guys after this.
0: Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, is like when, when you say, we'll Tim put, in Curry, we'll put in the show notes, we'll put in the The funny thing about Tim Curry, I wonder, was the I wonder, was that a lazy? Oh, there's a flying ant in my window. Um, Ant-Man. was that a
1: lazy? What huh? ant man?
0: Yeah, looks as a little ant there with wings. Um, he's on the outside, thankfully. Uh, anyways, but like. I wonder, was that casting of Tim Curry done purely because he played Pennywise in the TV it thing and he kind of, that was the only person they could think of, well, who suits a clown? And someone goes, oh, well, Tim Curry played that clown in that TV show and he's not going to be as expensive as Jack Nicholson. It's like, yeah, Grant, get him in. Um, so I wonder, like, is that the reason they cast? This is how
1: casting works in Ray's head. Sometimes. Man. I don't, I don't think... <laughs> Who
0: played a clown? That's how I people get typecast. Uh,
2: Jack Nicholson <laughs> would have been very good in the show. Because, like, not to put a slight on Jack Nicholson, but it's so exaggerated in the cartoon. Yeah. And obviously the Joker is hyper-exaggerated as a character that there's none of the physicality Jack Nicholson has as an actor that Mm. he can really do with it. Um, Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you kind of know someone is the ideal Joker voice actor when you have so many other people who just try to impersonate his voice when they get the role. So I know um, Troy Baker is very guilty of it. Um, he, But then again, he played the Joker in uh, Arkham Origins. Uh, and when you hear them side by side, it's, it's almost identical. Like you would honestly think it's Mark Hamill. It, if you gave it to someone who wasn't really aware that there were different voice actors, you would think it's Mark Hamill. And also, I think Troy Baker played both Batman and the Joker in, was it Batman versus Ninja Turtles? I think. Um, so he actually played the Joker again, and it's a very Mark Hamill-esque Joker um, that's in that. Um, yeah, cool. I mean, if you guys are happy, we can move on to the next question.
2: Yep, I think so. Favorite Batman animated movie? So I had to think long and hard about this one. Um, I'm fairly sure, certain I could guess Ed's one. Mm. And it was very close to being my answer. But in the end, I actually went with Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. Um I think maybe just because it was one of the first ones I saw, um, and it came out right around the middle of the, the show run. But like, it's just a really simple kind of good movie. I think um, it shows a kind of conflict in Batman's character between being, you know, wanting the idea of this being a family man, you know, have a simple life, how easy it would be to just be Bruce Wayne, you know, have a wife, maybe have some kids someday, versus the conflict of needing to be Batman, needing to avenge his parents' death um yeah it
1: has a very <laughs> <laughs> his parents death it's like god <laughs> the fucking the loans they had out. <laughs> oh man this way you know we could down. have
2: used our fortune to pay it off <laughs> That's why main core went to shit and he had to start Wayne enterprises you don't you can go bankrupt as many times as you want in the states
1: um, bastards i need to avenge <laughs> fucking couldn't casinos this casinos bloody, that bloody one percenters <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah it has like some actual detective work from batman it has a really good alfred and um, hmm. some really good moments from him acting like a father and kind of the usual sarky alfred that can be quite funny as well giving out to bruce for you know being almost childish at times and yeah. um, but also it has elements of what ended up in Long Halloween. And I don't know if it directly influenced it or not, but there's like a skeleton of the Long Halloween story in there of these murder mysteries happening. And you don't know why they're all connected to these kind of mob families. Hmm. And then suddenly at the end, it's this woman who did it all. Um, yeah, I really like it. And spoilers, guess, <laughs> spoilers, <laughs> spoilers, <mouth>. spoilers <laughs> for a 27-year-old movie. <laughs> if you haven't seen it now and you're listening to this, go watch it. It's only 70 minutes long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, I really like it.
1: Cool. Uh, Eddie, what about you? Uh, Mystery of the Batwoman. Really? Uh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you never know with you.
1: That's it's a that's a that's a very poor film. Um, I think we
0: watched that um, about a year or two ago, and we were both. Yeah, it's like,
1: not the Red Hood. good. It's not good. Um, my, I mean, this wasn't easy. Um, Mask of the Phantasm is. It's hard not to pick it, but my, my choice that I've mentioned a few times is Under the Red Hood. Hmm. Um, it's. It took, and I've never read the. I've never read the issues um for the story but uh from a- anyone I've ever heard talk about it the film is far superior to the story in the comic books. Mm. Um and it tells a really personal story um like Rob was mentioning with Mass and the Phantasm, you know it, it it examines Bruce Wayne, Batman, the motives and why he does what he does and how he does what he does. Um, and it examines all of that in a very personal way. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I, it's flawless. I, I, I need to revisit. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I, I need to go back and rewatch it again. But it's, um, it's, it's, an, it's an incredible piece of, of, um, animation. And, um, I don't think they've topped it since. They haven't come close to it since.
2: Yeah. yeah I mean, I'll definitely say, sorry, that you're going. the animation, in Under the Red Hood is much better than Mask of the Phantasm.
0: Yeah, I, I think a lot... uh, like well, Under the Red Hood, um, it's, similar to it's I think it's the first time I was actually blown away by one of the DC animated movies. Mm. Like when I was just like, "God, this is actually a really good story."
1: Yeah, yeah, if, uh... <laughs> for uh... once.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, like you know, you could you could almost lift that story and put it as live action, and it wouldn't be. As like I know, some of the DC animated movies can tend to be a little bit um, far out there. Whereas that's kind of a very grounded story. You could see it very transposed to live action. I'm very surprised if they don't, at some point, make a live action interpretation of that movie. It would be very, uh, like, it would be a very easy goal for them. Um,
1: they have already got computer
2: games. Yeah, they
1: were, game, so. I yeah, think they I were going they... to take. Um, they were going to take some of the elements from it in. Oh. Zack Snyder's—I um, <laughs> nearly dropped my. Sorry, <laughs> I nearly dropped my uh, my laptop. Um, uh, yeah, I think they were going to take some of the elements in the Snyderverse, yeah. um, and there there was hints of that in Batman v Superman, but um, mm. it doesn't look like we'll ever get to see that.
0: Dude, never say never. I, don't, I thought we'd never see the bloody Snyder cut movie come out. So I didn't even think happened. there'd be
2: enough footage for it to exist. So. Yeah, we'll see
1: non-believer
2: <laughs>
1: Sean
0: the non-believer Sean um weird in joke there um, my one on this one is um, I, I guess I'm a bit more flippant with my animated movies I, like I don't like I have ones that I hold on a high pedestal but one that I just had to kind of give my vote to because it's just so out there is Batman v the Ninja Turtles only only really because of well the voice acting is great in it the turtles are fantastic like i love ninja turtles but there was one scene in it where me and eddie watched this together and we turned to each other we were like how is this happening it was batman facing off against shredder on like a metallic catwalk or walkway or something like that and we were just looking at each other going batman versus shredder and it yeah. was like shredder and batman yeah. were going over and, over, and they didn't do this dumbed down shredder thing where he was falling shredder was properly you know holding his own against batman and batman's like ah oh, ninjutsu yeah. and shredder's like oh the art of this uh. and the two of them were like properly you know one for one matching each other obviously batman had a little bit more of a advantage over him but like just seeing something like that in animated form like that type of crossover treated kind of Not as a joke, but as a kind of very serious DC animated movie. Because sometimes these things tend to be like joke crossovers, kind of like, uh, say, like Batman and Scooby-Doo or fucking Power Rangers and then Ninja Turtles, like that type of thing. But it was just one of those movies I was like, wow, this is fantastic. I would love to see more of this type of thing, even though I know it's not canon to anything else. It's just a one shot movie. But talk talking
2: about? Of course it's canon.
0: well, they are... Linear, fair enough. Um, but then again, Ninja Turtles are in the Daredevil universe. Whoa. Are they? I thought they were just supposed to be a piss take. Uh, well, they are. They're, they're, they're um, a lifted idea of Daredevil. So basically... Um, they're both created from the same accident. So Daredevil gets blinded from the mutagen oh, yeah, and then the mutagen yeah, yeah. goes down the drain and affects the turtles. Uh they're both raised by a person with ninja skills with a wood name. So you have Splinter and then you have Stick. And yeah, then the foot and the hand. The foot and the hand. Yeah. Did you not notice Eddie? Yep.
2: Well the, the writers <laughs> of the writers of TMNT did that specifically to take the piss out of Daredevil. Yeah. Really? Yep. Mm. Oh my God. The original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, comic was hyper-violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, this black-and-white comic that was like one of these underground kind of things. They sold themselves directly to the stores, and it was really, really violent.
0: Mm. Shredder dies in the very first one as well. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Sorry I'm spoiling this 31-year-old comic.
1: (laughs) At least, isn't it? We all saw it. We'll also get to the point now where it's like I uh, oh yeah, and so, um, you know, Wonder Woman uh, dies in uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Spoil, Oh, yeah. Spoiling <laughs> this fucking film that hasn't even come out yet.
0: You know I mean? <laughs> um, cool. So we move on. Uh, this one, I think you guys are going to have more of an advantage on this than me. Um, question 15. Favourite Batman the Animated
2: Series episode? Uh, it took me a while to think of this one and I had to go with the one that I kind of alluded to earlier that literally stuck with me for years, and it's because, of, like, there was some great elements to the Batman: The Animated Series, and they really didn't shirk away from horror. Hmm. And this one, uh, really, like, scared the hell out of me as a child, which is Feet of Clay. And uh, just because. Feet of how, clay. Feet of clay. It's where clayface gets made. And, uh, he's giggling, and I'm trying to figure out why. <laughs> I think
0: either you got the title wrong, or he knows nope. what you're talking about.
2: got it, nope. fine. Um, it was the way that they pour all this weird chemical mixture down. Uh, Hagen's throat, who ends up becoming Clayface, that just as a kid, was like, oh my God, that's awful. And then they cut back to him later in the car as he's turning into this pile of goo, and his friend touches him, and like bits of him come away. As a kid, I was like, that is so disgusting. Um, yeah, it uh, has, of course, the great Ron Perlman as Clayface. I mean, oh, really? <laughs> Ron Perlman, in fairness, as a voice actor. I really like him, but it's always Ron Perlman voice. <laughs> he never does anything yeah, he doesn't else. Do it. Uh, no, it's like if, you, if you hire Ron Perlman as a voice actor, you get Ron Perlman. Um, mm. But he really suited the part, I think. Um, yeah, I, just, I really like that. It, it, it stuck out in my mind for years as this kind of horrible mutation that i saw yeah it's like body horror is yeah that the, exactly the episode that
0: he, um we always kind of talk about Eddie, where something happens clayface and he does that weird morphe thing where he's changing different bodies mm-hmm. of the people he previously impersonated yeah 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 but, that is that is amazing like it's, it's almost very like um the scene in the terminator 2 where the t-1000 is melting and he's kind of trying to take shape again
1: yeah mm. it's um i always like the description of clayface in that um the him turning into someone else it's like um flexing a muscle so you can't you can't do it for that long so if you flex your bicep like how long can you do that for that's what it's like for him to try and change into someone else um but fuck's sake rob like we had what how many episodes are there (laughs) in the anime <laughs> Did you pick the same one? Uh, the same one. No way. <laughs> yeah.
2: So well, that's why you were giving your disapproval oh. nod. Yeah. I thought I'd pick something unique. It's like there's no way Ed will pick this because it really stuck <laughs> <it> to me. <laughs> there's only 100 episodes in season one. But I almost I think... went with uh, almost got him.
1: Well, I mean, that was the, I literally about to go. Well, I may as well just talk about almost got him now.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> You'll be happy to know uh...
0: mine is different.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's everything Rob said about the episode. Do you know what? It's, I wouldn't call it my favorite episode, I don't have a favorite, there's too many to mention. Um, yeah. but that's the one that there's two it's the it's Feet of Clay, and if you're so smart, you see, I'm well prepared here, but that's that's Rob's fault. Yeah. You, your do? If you're if you're, so, if, you, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Those two episodes are the ones that I still remember watching in my friend's house. Um, vividly, I can i the, the scene where they're pouring it down Ron Perlman's neck. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: it is awful. And like they only do it in silhouette, but it's still, yeah, the sound and everything.
1: And there's also another one where there, there's another scene that where there's I need to go again. I need to go back and watch this episode. But um, there's a scene where they're in like a TV studio. And you see all the different TV screens in the production room, and they all start having Clayface's face on it, um, and they're all different colors. Uh, that's that image stuck with me as well. Um, the feet of Clay is great. It's so, and it's two parts. Um, they they take their time with, they take their time with the story, and um, you can't help but f- have sympathy for for Clayface by the end of it.
0: Mm. I think that that actually ties into my choice as well. Is the kind of careful crafting that the animated series did with villains it didn't just treat them as like bumbling idiots and they always had like a a motive behind it that you could kind of somewhat relate to and in my choice uh which is heart of ice i had to actually Mm -hmm. google the title of the episode i knew which episode i was thinking of but where they kind of they changed like freeze from being like this kind of goofy character into like someone who has a proper which is the, the the traditional backstory that we all know now which is his wife was dying of this like disease that he couldn't cure. The only way that he could prevent her dying was the freezer. And uh, then there was some sort of accident that caused him to kind of perpetually be cold all the time. And he had to build this cryo suit for himself. But you can relate with him as like he's only doing these bad things for someone that he loves, and he's trying to you know fix that. And him being a kind of a criminal on the side is almost inconsequential to his main goal he's just like i'm this is just a necessary evil like i'm robbing banks and getting these jewels and these diamonds to work for the machine that i need to fix it's like he's not even thinking of himself as a criminal he's almost a anti-hero in a way if you want to think it, in his own world it's like there are necessary things that i need to do to save the person i love um it's and it, it's a great I, choice I, yeah yeah, yeah. Mm, i mean yeah, like it's the, an amazing episode um and it just goes to show you just that the, the writing in it is just fantastic i mean it doesn't dumb it down for a young audience it's the type of thing that a kid could enjoy because it's cartoony and it's it's fun but at the same time a young adult could enjoy it because it's quite serious and take talks about serious themes and obviously you
2: know yeah just just i think you hit the nail on the head with that one is one of the biggest strengths of the animated series was how some of the writing fed back into the batman mythos and the comics itself i think the the same thing kind of happened with harley quinn though
0: Uh, yeah, because um, she was only created for the animated series, as far as yeah. I'm aware.
2: Um, so, yeah, like, he suddenly, instead of becoming this bumbling villain, um, becomes someone you can actually sympathize with. Mm.
0: Yeah, because um, mm-hmm. I think in, like she was created for, I, I think Eddie might be able to correct me if I'm wrong on this, but she was created for the animated series as kind of a Joker side character, but then became kind of like his girlfriend. And then in, was it a one-shot comic? they did the whole mad love thing yeah and then they animated that in the tv show again after that but like the i think is it mad love was supposed to kind of hint that she had like a
1: miscarriage or something was it or god i don't know i need to i need to read it again yeah
0: maybe i, I, I can't really like confirm that but i know that there was it was a bit more serious and they had to tone it down obviously for the animated series um but it did, it showed you like that whole kind of abusive relationship where the Joker just didn't care about her. Like he was literally just smacking her around the place and like all he cares about is Batman. And I think that that kind of one shot comic, which was fed by the TV series kind of created the current uh, embodiment of Harley Quinn as the independent breakaway from the abusive partner kind of character. Um, so yeah, the anime series has a lot to kind of contribute towards canon and lore for Batman, I think. Absolutely, yep. yeah. Yep. Right.
2: So I think we should probably move on, otherwise we're yeah. end up just talking about every episode. Yeah, <laughs> all 100 in the first season. Um, let Ed go first here. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So I don't steal <laughs> his answer again.
0: Yeah, this no, no. no. Um, number 16, <laughs> your favorite Robin.
2: I Okay, I found this one pretty hard because I don't really love Robin as a character. Mm. Um. I just... Batman, to me, works better when... Maybe he has a team there, but like in the moment he's on his own. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the better stories to be told with Batman sort of struggling himself. Like the whole point is that he doesn't have a family. But I guess that's, it, you know, it's supposed to be character growth. So he gets his family around him and still becomes mm. the Dark Knight. Um, so I decided to go with something a little bit more quirky as an answer and went with Carrie Kelly. Oh, who no. appears in the Dark Knight Returns. Um, just because like that she's a bit of a strange robin and um, she's more sarcastic and interesting kind of as well like a good self-driven female robin and um, yeah a kind of interesting good impetus there for batman to become batman
1: again too
0: mm. okay cool uh
1: eddie um i mean not dissimilar to rob i like robin he's i don't think i've given him a chance maybe is part of it because um yeah like you said rob i kind of prefer batman when he's on his own but um <coughs> excuse me um my answer is um based on the one i've known the longest um and maybe it's not fair because i actually prefer the character he becomes but it's dick grayson okay um and yeah he's just he's he's always been around for he, you know, nearly as long as Batman's been around. Mm. Um, and whenever someone, you know, if I think of Robin, I think of Dick Grayson. I don't think of Tim Drake. Um, yeah, you're you're
2: dead right. And I, I was very tempted to do the same. And I think I do prefer Nightwing to yeah. him as Robin. Like,
1: he's yeah, a he's, character. he brings some levity to, you know, a very dark and brooding character in Batman um, when he's portrayed that way um which is needed and i do like um i do like dick grayson in in the animated series we've talked a lot about today um he again he brings a lot of levity to um this dark brooding force of nature um in the night and it uh it works it works very well and um yeah i can't i can't you know tim drake's great i I like he'd be my number two but um yeah, I guess I I I can't pick anyone but Dick Grayson because one, I probably just don't know enough about the other Robins, um, and two, Damien is a prick. So,
0: yeah, I mean that's something I think everyone can agree on. Like, <laughs> um, my I don't, my, my I'm kind of split between two as well. Similar to Eddie, like I I like Dick Grayson purely because he does kind of have more of thought put into his character like you know he has a future he has a past and he's kind of more developed tim drake is is grand i I guess tim tim drake is the one that goes on to um titans isn't he he's like the main robin in titans yeah so i kind of i prefer him when he becomes part of titans but in the kind of batman world i think dick grayson like ed said gives batman that kind of levity to bounce off so batman's the stern leader trainer whereas Dick Grayson kind of has his own approach. Like he's still learning all the lessons, but you know, you know, he can enjoy it a bit more. Like he's, he's out for similar thing. He's out for vengeance, but he's not going to let it totally consume him. Um, He's still willing to have a life. He's still willing to have friends. Whereas Batman's a bit more like, no, this is my mission. And you guys are my soldiers almost in a, in a way. Um, So I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of agreeing with Eddie saying Dick Grayson for, for that one.
1: So what you're saying is you love Dick.
0: I, I like Dick Grayson, yeah.
2: I'm just disappointed no one chose Bert Ward. <laughs> He's Dick Grayson. He's Dick Grayson. Yeah, but like, I have to give a special shout out to the man who was like the pun hero. Holy yeah, Russian like, metal. <laughs> Holy homicide was actually one of. Oh God, the one, <laughs> <laughs> that, Jesus, uh,
0: the one that always I always hate, and I know it's done as a nod to the '66 Batman was in Batman and Robin, no, where forever. they're, they're forever. forever, where they're yeah. on the bloody island, and Robin's climbing up, and he goes, "Holy rusted metal, Batman!" <laughs> and he turns around, and goes, "What rusted metal? There's there's holes everywhere."
1: He's just like, oh, right. oh just The like, metal, it's all rusty and just holding it. Oh, God. Oh, it put me out of my misery. The sti- imagine the screenwriter just going, this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not, to no. no one's going to get this. <It's right. laughs> in fairness, um, I've, I've heard other podcasts talking about that bit. And, um, anyone, Batman Forever is the only Batman film I've not seen in a cinema. Uh, but apparently when that came out, everyone... Laughed very hard at the Holy Ghost of Metal. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> but is that a kind <laughs> of like a <laughs> cringe laugh? Like, oh. <laughs> um,
0: Grant, we'll move on to the next question to kind of keep it going. Uh, this is what I kind of struggle with. So question 17. Favorite Bat family member that isn't Robin?
2: Yeah, I found this kind of difficult, too. And I ended up going with Oracle. Not Batgirl, but yeah. Oracle specifically. Um, okay. Cool. There's a lot of things to like about her. Um, I think the fact that she is like the power of knowledge for the team of Batman. Like mm. she is literally, she have a PhD in. Criminology, isn't it? or Information science or whatever basically allows you to become a librarian. Um, so she has all this knowledge, all the skill, this technical know-how that you mm. can use to fight crime. But she doesn't do it directly. Now, I don't love how she was disabled. I don't particularly like killing joke. Um, it kind of annoys me as a comic. Uh, but they at least portray someone who's disabled as a superhero. Yeah. Like, she's still very, very capable in her own way. Mm. And without her, a lot of the other heroes just wouldn't be able to function nearly as effectively. Yeah. Um, I think that's her power. And, it, like, it really shows maybe... I'm sure there's been other disabled heroes before maybe, but they've kept her disabled for the most part, at least. Um, and it's just, it's shown as this kind of person who is effective in her own way, mm. really, really powerful without having to be this physical powerhouse.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good shout actually. Like her superpower for the team in in essence is her knowledge base and her skills, um, skills with IT and kind of being the... the uh, quotation to, to use the spider-man thing was the guy in the chair you know she's the, yeah. the person you call when you need backup she's the person you call when you need like you're transmitting a code and you don't know what it means like oh what is this you know blah blah blah. like
2: originally in the comics isn't she the one who actually forms the birds of prey i think so actually yeah so yeah she's, she's up yeah like so she's extremely powerful as this woman who just unfortunately can only sit and kind of monitor the entire city or i guess the world It comes to Justice League, Mm. but yeah, I just think she is the best, most interesting person in the Batman family.
1: Cool. Were you, um, were you saying, Ray? um, We've obviously we have a little text group um, for the podcast, but Ray, were you saying that you were you actually watching the Birds of Prey show?
0: God no. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was purely just uh, rolling with the kind of joke of going back and watching Gotham all over again. (laughs) Um, I mean, I, I, isn't there a live action version of the Joker in that series?
1: Yeah, Mark, there is for like a flashback scene or something, isn't it? Yeah, at the very start, there's also a Batman in it. Um, really? Yeah, and I think wow. they use they use one of the um, one of the live action, uh, obviously live action, but they use one of the suits from the films, like Keaton suit or something. Yeah, I can't remember which it is, but um, Mark Hamill it does the voice of the Joker. Really? Uh, in it, yeah. Crazy. I think, he just, I think he just laughs, but it's Mark Hamill laughing. Yeah. Um, it's worth it's worth watching for that scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I wouldn't that say that, on I YouTube. I, exactly. Just watch the just watch that scene.
0: <laughs> I think I'll just pull it up on YouTube later. <laughs> yeah. Um. um what about you, Eddie, favorite uh, Bat family member that isn't Robin?
1: Uh, Alfred, who I'm considering part of the Bat family. Yeah. Um, oh, uh,
2: yeah. I totally agree.
1: Um, he's um, again, he's been he's always been there, and um, there's he's made me laugh more times than most in any Batman related uh film, uh, you know, episode show. Mm -hmm. He there's always a quip there, um, the what the is the laughing fish in the animated series when Batman is um is studying a couple of fish on a plate and alfred <laughs> alfred walks over and goes uh he goes dinner for one or dining alone Mister." <laughs> and, and, and bruce just batman just goes the dissection kit alfred <laughs> <laughs> um and he's 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 the support system he's He's um, even in the, you know, Batman forever and Batman and Robin, the, the best Mm. parts of that film are Alfred. Yeah. Our films are Alfred. And then you go into Michael Caine who, um, you know, can make you laugh and cry within Mm -hmm. a few minutes of each other. Um, it's, it's a great character and he's complex, but he's, he's always looking out for, um, his surrogate son. Mm. And, um, yeah it's it's I, you know without alfred there'd be no batman so yeah that's, that's true like,
0: he, yeah um like even like just to say the thing with quips with alfred even through the the zack snyder movies you know they still managed to get in those weird like alfred style quips was in bvs where he goes um um one pines for the days when you had to just deal with madman would wind up penguins or something like that yeah. and it's basically just a reference back to like batman returns um my one for this like the problem with the bat family is it's expanded more in like the last 5 years through the comics than it's ever done with other things like um i've been reading like not l- religiously but some of the newer kind of uh rebirth comics and like there's so many new characters in it like it's it's very hard to keep up with but um i'm going to go with an old favorite uh lucius fox um, oh, cool. Good choice. Mainly because I think it's it's more of a recent development. I, I don't know if he was in the animated series that much. I can't remember him being in he's the a, animated series. He, he is in it. Yeah, is he? Yeah, uh, he's very late edition. Was he or was he
1: always? No, gay? he's in the, he's a he, he's in a handful of episodes. Like he's, he's yeah. not he's not what Lucius Fox is now. Yeah, um, he's in a few episodes though yeah
0: yeah. I, I think I'd like I prefer when um, Morgan Freeman kind of took over the role in the Dark Knight trilogy and then that, I got very interested in the character after that like where he's kind of the the cue character almost to, to Batman's James Bond like he goes to Lucius for like new tech and you know, it's just like oh you know even in the Dark Knight movies he's like well what are you going to be doing driving on rooftops or he's going does it come in black you know he's kind of that is his Q character. And it's something I always kind of remember watching those movies going, Oh, Lucius is basically just Q. Um,
1: Yeah. I like that in dark Knight rises when he says, um, he says, and yes, Mr. Wayne, it comes in black.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a good callback. Um, and I know he's definitely been used like in the video games and definitely more kind of, uh, TV shows and movies going forward. I think he's actually in the Batwoman TV show. Um, I think he's called Lucas Fox in that though. So I'm not sure if he's actually L- Lucius or if he's L- Lucius Fox's son, um, but I'm pretty sure he's in it, but he's also the person who customizes the bat suit to fit Batwoman mo- woman um, in that show,
1: uh, which he must be annoyed. Now he has to do it again. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it, it will be perfect when it fits yet another person. All right. <laughs> How many iterations of this suit are we getting? Um, yeah, that's funny. We'll have to talk about that show on another cast. Um, Granture, we'll move on to the next one. Favorite Rogue, question 18. Okay,
2: I found some of these questions are really difficult because sometimes they're too easy. So I took this question and completely discounted Joker entirely because yeah. it's too obvious. Um. So I went with Two-Face. Okay, cool. And I know, obviously, to a pretty big degree, most of Batman's rogues gallery are used as a reflection of him, of what he could become, or what he maybe is struggling with it in the inside. Um, and obviously, Two Face is one of the biggest examples of that. Mm. He's literally a person with this sort of split personality, where one side he's this psychotic lunatic, and the other side he's this you know upstanding citizen and like a DA. Mm. Um, so it's kind of that what Batman could become if he veered too far from his path or possibly just went down the path too much Hmm. in terms of violence and trying to control people. Um, Again, I I suppose this was influenced a lot by the animated series. Um, It's really good Two-Face there, the sort of melty face. Obviously not at all by Tommy Lee Jones and this purple face. That just still annoys me. Um, Aaron Eckhart as well, great Two-Face. I did think the effects were a little bit too much. I don't think, obviously, the movie's going for pseudo-realism. Yeah. I don't think anyone could put up with half their face literally missing in the same way Two-Face had in that movie.
0: Plus the fact that his eyeball is intact on that side of his face. Right? Like your eyeball would be one of the first things to go... Yeah. <laughs>
2: Like, he's, his skin is melted off, yeah. Of liquid. yeah, his eyes would have just exploded. Yeah, um, I think,
0: like, with the thing with Two-Face, like, I know it's a bit of a tangent. I always thought the only thing that could have made that Two-Face thing a little bit better was if there was, like, constantly, like, moist pus coming out of his oh, face. Or, like, like, saliva yeah. coming out the side of his mouth. And he had to constantly go like that and had a bit of a sucky <laughs> motion it, it would look like a burn victim but it's so dry
1: yeah why did, why did you have to say moist puss i occasionally like
2: when i'm re-watching <laughs> that movie i you. occasionally think you know 2 Face should be stopping every now and then with this little uh, vial of water or something and just dripping it into his eye going like it's so dry yeah. I can't even blink um yeah, yeah it's just uh, it's disgusting as well like the effects are great Mm. obviously um but it's a yeah, really a good lot of it is, uh, uh,
0: practical i never realized i saw some behind the scenes stuff and um aaron ecker actually has like uh, i know it's kind of like a, a bald wig but then like all the prosthetics are on his face and there's only a couple of like cg dot markers for the front part um i didn't realize that like that is all prosthetic the back burn parts and everything mm.
2: You can see it in a few scenes a little bit where the effects are kind of blending in. I think specifically the hospital scene when a Joker comes into him. Mm. Sometimes you can see the composite there. Uh, but yeah, like a really great acting job by Aaron Eckhart, who I sort of didn't really expect to be that good as Two-Face. Yeah. Uh, but just as a villain himself, never mind who has portrayed him, I think he really stands up as uh, this good shining example of what the rogues gallery can be. Um, much more complex than just one of these ridiculous Batman 66 films who just, I don't know, have absolutely no motivation whatsoever to just do things.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to your answer in the next <laughs> one, Rob. <laughs> what about you, Eddie? What's, what's your favourite rogue? Um, I, I, I liked what Rob was saying about um, Two-Face there. Um, actually, I, I know you're, what you're saying about Aaron Eckhart, but um, I'd seen him in Thank You for Smoking before... Mm. the dark Knight came out and I thought he was amazing in it. And then when I heard he was being cast in the dark Knight, I was like, that's genius. Like I actually can't think of a more American looking, you know, white, you know, personification of what, um, He's like you like know, a, a lot of people character. would consider, yeah, would consider what, yeah, is the, the ideal, uh, to, to look as an American. Um, and how that can be, you know, destroyed. Um, I was like, that's perfect. Well, Jesus Christ. And I never would have thought of it. And then, you know, it's one of those castings where you're just like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but to answer the question, my favorite rogue is, um, scarecrow. And, um, maybe it's, maybe it's relating a little bit because his character is someone who, and this is not a, this is not a, please cry for me argentina at the moment but um the you know his character was bullied profusely as a kid hmm. um and then that went into his adult life and so he wanted to turn fear on other people as his weapon
0: okay. i didn't know um, that was his backstory I, I always thought he was just a doctor who was curious with fear
1: i think there's there's, there's different i mean you, you know it's a bit like all the other rogues you can take which which uh you can make up your own head canon i suppose is the way people put it um but that's the story i always associated with the scarecrow um and he, he is the only one that makes batman afraid he's the only one that actually scares batman and that's mm. why he's so cool and is and i you know i i like some horror films and you know halloween etc and um he is the closest to um you know an old school horror character in in batman and um and we're getting him in a scooby-doo film in october (laughs) scooby-doo versus the scarecrow from batman crazy
2: right can i just give uh, an honorable mention to the scarecrow in the arkham series
0: oh definitely
2: because that particular scene in arkham asylum where you get captured i think is it the first time by scarecrow and you're basically redoing the prologue of the game yeah, and you're tied up as Batman, <laughs> and then he gets shot in the head by Joker, and it's like use the left stick to dodge the bullet. You're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's brilliant.
1: Um, um, it's brilliant. And yeah. I remember when I watched um, Batman Begins uh, because Scarecrow was always my favorite in the animated series as a kid, and then I kind of again, you know, I've I've been over it, but I I lap, my bat fandom lapsed and went into Batman Begins knowing nothing about it. And when I saw Killian Murphy, I was like, oh, cool. Killian Murphy's in this. Um, didn't know the character well enough to know that Jonathan Crane was the Scarecrow. And so the moment in the cinema where he goes, would you like to see my mask? And he took the mask out and called himself Scarecrow. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> the Scarecrow. Uh, well, I'm sure a lot of people were like, yeah, but, I mean, we've known that for like, <laughs> well, <laughs> at least yeah, the entire yeah. film, if not, you know, with the trailers and all came out, we, we know it's the Scarecrow. Yeah,
2: I, was... I, I completely agree. I think he was missing a little bit from uh, the other two movies where he's hinted at. Obviously, he shows up at the start of Dark Knight um, and then he's like the, the judge yeah. in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Um, there wasn't enough time to portray him again. I guess we had other villains mm-hmm. to move on to. But yeah, I I just, I like Cillian Murphy. I think I would have been happy to see more of him in the movies.
1: Yeah. That's it. And I, I think there's room for that character to be used in live-action film again. It's not like it's it's not so iconic now that it can't be redone, um, mm. which is good and bad, but um, hopefully it means we'll get another version.
0: Totally. Um, my one is, um, I was kind of torn between a villain that I touched on earlier on and one that I just like because of his silliness. Um, like, I love I love uh, Mr. Freeze. Um, like, it's just fantastic villain. I li- like his backstory, but I-, I think for this one, I have to just choose Riddler. I just like the character. He's goofy, like he could, he could be translated from being hyper goofy to incredibly serious and almost kind of um, like menacing. Like there's, the, you obviously have like the classic version, which is the the single spandex thing spinning the cane, like the version that Jim Carrey kind of portrayed in Batman and Robin. Um, i I like it i don't know why it's over the top i guess i was a big jim carrey fanboy around that period as most people kind of were and i just thought he fed into that role really well
1: um that film is unwatchable without him
0: yeah Yeah. i mean that 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 is very true like he carries that movie so much he he hams it up perfectly um like it's just it's the backbone of that movie like he wasn't in that i would just be like i would never watch that movie ever again
2: I always want to see a movie with the Riddler as like a psychopathic killer where maybe Batman was doing much more detective work trying to find out who was doing all these murders and leaving behind these clues.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you kind of get a little bit of that in the Arkham games. Like you kind of see what he possibly could be. He's very menacing. He's very um, kind of like Saw. Like he is that type of like I want to play a game, you know. And I think they obviously took a little bit of inspiration for that. And I mean, this this could be the route they go with um, the new Batman and having um, what's the man's name? Uh, Christ's name, excuse me. Paul, the guy playing Riddler in the new
1: Batman movie. Uh, Paul. Paul uh, Dano.
0: Paul Dano. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see if they'll go down that kind of sinister kind of, um, not not serial killer, but that kind of like sociopath kind of game-playing, um, um, puzzle-making psychopath. Because uh, it'd be good to kind of see see a Riddler that's treated quite seriously, because the Riddler's always been treated as a bit of a joke, you know, um, You know, from the 1966 one to the Jim Carrey version. To, to, I think the Animated series is possibly one of the few times he's actually was given a bit of kind of gravitas um, mm-hmm. And even even in the Arkham games, for all being as dark and kind of sinister, he's still treated as a bit of a joke. Like his riddles are ridiculous. His, <laughs> his like the tasks that he gets Batman to do were ridiculous. And even Batman's like this guy again. Like he's not treated like as a serious
1: foe. Actually. I love when um, you get a random one. Like say you, you you're on you know you have to get two hundred riddles in the game. Yeah, and you're on like sixty four or something. And he goes, "How are you getting these?" Yeah. yeah. I I'd got them all in
2: Asylum and City at least once. Hmm. I never bothered in Arkham Knight. I did Arkham Knight. So fr- those driving bits in the tunnels so no. frustrating. Yeah. I there mean, was a point where I just like this isn't fun. I'm just not doing this.
0: Yeah, I I I almost checked out only for the fact that I'd gotten so many and it was the only trophy I'd left to do to get the Nightfall ending on the game i was just like i'm just sitting on youtube seeing how people are finding these because i am not devoting time looking and i literally just checked it off my box um but yeah no that's my one my, my favorite rogue
2: is just you know, the riddler um i could I see you the riddler what of all the batman villains i think you'd be the riddler
1: he's being the riddler
0: yeah I was, I, have you not seen my instagram i've got like um oh, i mean like literally
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, Robert? <laughs>
2: Who's
0: afraid of a big back bat Um Cool. That sure what I what I said. Said. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> Um number nineteen. This this is gonna be a bit of fun. Uh, Favorite Batman sixty six rogue. <laughs> all right, so there are many.
2: <laughs> i mostly did this one at a just pure fun and looked up all the ridiculous villains Then i remembered in particular um years ago we wrote this skit of a batman thing i can't remember what the villain was was like the librarian or the bookmaster or something <laughs> uh, uh, yes. against yes no we we created the bookmaster yeah yeah created, it was the bookmaster i think and then we later realized that actually there was a guy in the Batman 66 show called the bookworm. He's <laughs> a real rogue. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's known for his crazy clothes that look like rare old book bindings. And he has this little monocle thing on his hat. <laughs> I don't know. Does it like shoot lasers or just allow him to read books? Yeah. Um, that's where I got that holy homicide from. Cause I watched some clips of it yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's just like, How ridiculous could it be? The guy has these weirdly shiny leather clothes and kills people. Um, Yeah, I have nothing more to say because I refuse to watch any more of it. (laughs) But yeah, it's purely out of the coincidence that we came up with this ridiculous, the stupidest kind of villain we could think of and then realized he was an actual villain in Batman
1: 66. I'm, I'm very tempted to pick up the whole 66 series. Yeah. It's the only I think it's the only thing I don't have. Well like, I mean I've seen it, the a movie, old, movie a few times.
0: Th- didn't I give you the movie on DVD? Yeah. That's the one where it's like sometimes it's
1: just can't get rid of a bomb. I thought we I thought we were friends. <laughs> and then you gave me <laughs> No, that. Eddie,
0: here, take this. It's also this the movie is the one that has the infamous um is it the infamous shark repellent spray?
2: Yes. Yep. Yeah, he has a shark, literally, this massive shark, like foam shark, obviously, attached to his leg. That would just It would just rip your leg off out of the weight of it. And he just sprays some shark repellent spray in it and it falls off. It's also the same one, I think, with that bomb, actually. That, uh, is it a seal or a turtle or something? Um, jumps in the way of a missile that's headed towards him as God. they're stuck on this little buoy. It just basically cuts from down on the buoy, I think, to like the next scene. It's like, thank God that brave turtle jumped in the way of the missile. <laughs>
1: yeah and that was the purpose wow the poor the poor, poor boys, yes very, very, oh that god. poor to sacrifice <laughs> himself he's like wait that man don't die I'll i love how get. it's like they write themselves into a corner where going oh we might have to have a, have a big explosion here and then like the budget team comes in and goes we don't have enough budget for that you can't do that and like oh god how do we get out of this what if a what of a purpose or poor is Dies in front of it, and then we just have um, but we we don't have to show that, we can just say it happened. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's fine, yeah, that works.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, anyway. Sorry, uh, did you even get to say your answer yet? No, Eddie, no, no. Riddler, uh, uh, Riddler, is it because it was painted over mustache? No, that's Joker, no, that's Joker. Joker, oh, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah
1: uh i don't have I, I i've i've seen you know i've seen about as much as you guys of the 66 show i've seen enough of it to know it's not for me um even though i just said i want to buy it um it's it's can't be fun it's just it's not uh it's nothing i'd i'd choose to put on um mm. but the reason i'm picking um the riddler is that he's the one that sticks out for me that um He's yeah. You know, Frank Gorsham is probably for most people he's still considered the Riddler, even though Jim Carrey played, who was meant to be the Riddler. I don't think a lot of people would say that's actually who the Riddler is. Yeah. Um. So I think for a lot of people it's still Frank Gorsham, and that's that's kind of it's it's a it's a rubbish uh way it's a rubbish answer, but unfortunately it's the only one I have. <laughs>
0: Um, I'll give you a little bit of a factoid on the riller. Did you know John Aston played him for a short period of time? John? Sean Aston's father.
1: Oh, oh, I did notice, yeah.
0: Yeah, just for a very short period of time. And he had the mustache and all. He didn't shave his mustache. <laughs> it's very unusual.
1: I'll send you a pic around. Oh, a pic. That, he's uh, isn't he um, Gomez in the Adams yeah. Family?
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, In the original kind of like uh, black and white kind of Adams yeah. Family. Yeah. Um, yeah that,
1: that was so weird i've seen some clips of it all right
0: yeah i don't know why he took over i think maybe the other guy he had some medical problems or something and he took over for a short period of time it's never alluded to as the why he changes it's just like he's just a different actor for a temporary basis oh it's the same
1: as Catwoman woman in it
0: yeah there's three different actresses or something yeah um my one for this actually is um i don't want to pick joker purely because that's it's such an obvious one um but it's going to be Penguin, mainly because, the, like, Burgess that the, the way he hams it up. You know, you know, Batman, you know he's got that proper, like, uh, kind of like the... I can't use the word because Rob used it. Uh, the typical, what you think of the Penguin, was the suit and tie, or sorry, the... the giant one, top hat. The, yeah, yeah, the giant purple top hat, the monocle, the cigar with the big, foot-long extension on it. Um, and, like, he, he always, like... Started like his sentence, <laughs> like he's properly like hamming it up. And I sometimes wonder, like, how he kept a straight face just doing that the That's, whole time. Um, is
2: Mickey from Rocky?
0: Yeah, yeah, Birds murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's not a machine, you can't beat him. You're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you
2: gotta see that grease lightning.
0: He's also in um is a grumpy old man as the grandfather like the uh, the old pop fella, the fisher guy. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen grumpy old man.
1: Nah, uh, not no. since not since I was probably 6 or something. Yeah.
0: So the penguin for me. And then final question of this podcast is number 20 favorite Batman theme music.
2: Um with this I had to clarify just <laughs> the music uh it's the animated series which is obviously the danny elfman team yeah but just because anytime i hear that music i literally see the opening cinematic mm. from tv from the cartoon um the two are just synonymous for me uh i can't separate them whatsoever and mm. um, that is the batman sound Yeah, Hans zimmer can do whatever he wants with all the drums and tension building music but uh that sort of sweeping score is it for me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I very much agree. I mean, the the Danny Elfman Batman theme song is just, it's engraved. I I often had this um, argument with some people. I think I, I said it to Eddie once or twice, is that the, there's a very particular melody change in the Danny Elfman music that I think carries forward into every single Batman theme that's been written since, which is... Um, it goes, uh," but it's obviously off the motif, like a, but like, if you listen to any Batman theme song that's been written since then, it always has that, because I think um, Dark Knight, it has that kind of as well. Yeah, I don't necessarily love that
2: they're going to be reusing bits of it now in some newer movies, was it? Was actually in Justice League. Yeah, was God, it. yeah it was part of it. God, terrible. I'd like. I'm not really with you guys on having Keaton in that universe, or in the very least, like if you're gonna have Keaton in that universe, that's his bit of music. Yeah, like just yeah, do do like you're saying, Ray, and sort of play with the team, but don't have it there. Yeah, not exactly. Um, give us something new because that's, that's fine. Like, i like, would happy to see Ben Affleck as a Batman or whatever. Um, yeah, give us a different piece of music and it like I think the other teams are great, but just that is the one for me. Hmm.
0: What about you, Eddie? Yeah,
1: yeah agreed. It's um, you know, there's a reason. Um, there's a reason why when Danny Elfman took over the score of Justice League, when he was asked what he's what he was going to do for Batman, he was like, "I'm I'm go I'm going to play the theme music." And the, what theme music? The theme. <laughs> um. <laughs> so he's uh yeah it's um oh how do i how do i rephrase it's uh it's a very notable piece of music <laughs> that <laughs> is, that um is uh everyone knows it and associates it with um with batman yeah and, um, like,
2: i think and not to intrude on your point too much i think the reason for that at least for me and maybe you as well, Ed, is because of the animated series. And that's why I said mm. that specifically, because as you say, there's, there's so many episodes and every one of them
1: opened with that theme. Mm. I mean, yeah, when you say that, like, cause, um, you know, on the, I like think I joked about it before, but if, it was, if you ever had Batman the Animated Series on Netflix and the skip intro bit popped up on the screen, like, no, thank you. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching this every time. Yeah, I'm yep. watching every. I, I've never, ever, ever skipped it. Ever. Yeah. I mean,
0: I mean like time. I'm, I, I'm definitely in that camp as well. I'm gonna just kind of wrap it up with that. It's just like I, mine is the Tim Tim Burton or Danny Elfman intro, blah blah blah, as and the animated series intro as well. But I think it it does have that kind of. um synonymous relation with 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 batman that like the way the superman theme did like tutte, you want you to hear that everyone just goes that's superman now yeah. maybe not to the same extent that if you played della, 2, yeah. da, your average person on the street may not recognize but if you're in any way interested in batman you would know oh that's batman yeah like it's just it's just sums it up in one massively amazing overture um I'm surprised actually, Eddie, you didn't pick the Shirley Walker, uh, Batman suite from the animated series.
1: No, I like it, but it's not, it's not the Danny Elfman one. Yeah. Uh, no, I do like it.
0: It's a very similar piece. Like it, it obviously takes notes from the Danny Elfman. I, I don't know if you know it, Robbie. It has that, um, is it, da, 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 da. I can't actually remember off the top of my head now.
1: we going to wait like, here until you get it. <laughs>
2: um, da, 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 da. Well, while you're thinking of that, can I just mention, um, a YouTube channel that had a limited amount of episodes, but some really good content called Every Frame of Painting. And one of the things they did was an episode called Marvel Symphonic Universe. And it was basically going into the music in the Marvel movies. And and it just hit me because he said that with Superman. It's like if you were to go up to someone on the street, it's like, oh, hum the Superman team. Mm. You'd be able to do it. Hum the Star Wars team, hum the Batman team and one of the failings of the marvel universe is that because everything's been so homogenized to fit together into this one big piece there's no outstanding music that you can think oh i'm going to hum you know the iron man theme so i don't know hum some AC/DC i guess yeah um but you like can the other, the, it, it, you can do it. it, the, it avengers the avengers theme now it. yeah a little bit, like
0: I don't, it's not quite as iconic. You know, yeah, that's you have to be careful not yeah. to sing the Back to the Future song. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the same, same composer. Same composer. Yeah. You know, he gets he gets one every thirty years. You know, it's fine.
1: <laughs>
0: but I know what you mean. Like it's very hard to kind of say, right? What's Thor's team music? It's just like, geez, I don't know. What's um. What's Iron Man's theme music? I know Iron Man does actually have a theme, but I can't, for the life of me, hum it. No.
2: And like that is, they really, maybe it was kind of a a callback to the earlier days of cinema when they tried to identify things just by pieces of music or when they'd literally have a live orchestra sometimes. Yeah. And like it still was there in the 80s and the 90s. -hmm. And it's just, we were lucky that that man got his own theme you know let's hope going forwards we get another one like i i still quite like the man of steel theme i think it's quite simple. i think it's
0: amazing i think that Zimmer you know, score is fantastic it's it's like grand you have the original um john williams score but like that one is a very close second yeah it's like it's epic it's uplifting but it can be dark at the same time
1: yeah
0: it's really cool um yeah so uh I, I remember the theme song. Sorry, that's a sorry because you <laughs> guys were coming. It said, <laughs> da, da,
2: da, 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 Oh, yes, uh-huh. yes, yes.
0: Da, da, da. So it's it obviously takes like hints from the Danny Elfman one. Um, yeah, so that basically wraps it up. Um, that's the question 11 to 20 of us. We have a remaining 11 questions to go. Um, which we can tackle next time. Um, they seem to hint more into the comic world. So I'm going to be really suffering. I'm going to have to like pick up a couple of the comics and read during the week. Um, so I don't know if you guys have any kind of last minute comments to wrap up. Or
2: are you good? No, I think uh, I've <laughs> peated myself <laughs> <No>. enough times.
1: <laughs> I they were stopping it right there. <laughs> it's just like, yep. This is, uh, um, this, this is an iconic episode. This, this was I, really I, a the animated series t- team episode. Yeah, it really yeah. was.
0: Yeah, this is a yeah, p- p- purely animated. The next one's going to be... Did a we talk? Oh, we
1: did it with 66.
0: Did we talk about anything else? <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> we talked a little bit about the games uh, as well. Was any of my other answers? <laughs> Not really. I mean, some of the answers are just generic Batman ones, so... It can fit into any category.
1: Oh, but yeah, um, but it was like it was like whenever we answered, it was uh and we we're having a little post show analysis I was here on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. but,
0: but it was like what we we'll do uh, is we can wrap it up here and then have a quick show <laughs> So uh, thanks for listening. This has been episode two of the Screen Seventeen podcast. And catch us next time when we wrap up the Batman Isolation Challenge. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye bye.